Cool. Well, do you want to start off by singing our new theme song? What's our new theme song? I don't know. Just go for it. All right. Do. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just, I want to see this. Here we are again. <laughs> Joey and Brandon. <laughs> reconsidering Dude. all things. All the things. About God and religion. <laughs> just all things, actually. Um, uh, we have lots of fun. Pissing off everyone. Love you, fundies. So, hopefully you learned something with <laughs> me and Joey on the All Things Reconsidered podcast. Yeah, I love it. That's brilliant. That's our, that's our new uh, intro. <laughs> you have a lot of guts <laughs> to be willing to... Charlie, I swear to God. If that makes it on the internet, we're going to have words. everybody to the all things reconsidered podcast i am brandon i'm joey and uh we are here to talk to you guys about some things today yes guys thanks for coming back once again we just had i think one of our best episodes oh yeah and we have some new guest appearances on the way that i'm super excited some about. huge huge announcements yes i mean yes. i think we can are we good to release next I, week's guest yeah totally, totally so next week we have the pleasure of speaking with Tim Whitaker from the New Evangelical Instagram page. Yes. We spoke to him last week. That episode will be coming out next week. And podcast. Incredible. Yes. Incredible guy. He's got a podcast. Check it out. Check out the New Evangelicals on Instagram. Um, smart dude. Funny guy. I mean, love, absolutely love talking to him. Oh, yeah. That episode was so fun to do. So that's going to be a lot of fun next week when that comes out. Um, and we have another special guest that coming. I guess we'll keep that under wraps for now. We'll keep, we'll keep that on a little. But that one. I'm not going to show all of our cards yet. That one, let me just say. If you follow my TikTok or you know me at all, you'll know that I'm extremely excited and yeah. nervous. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> we're super excited for some guests that we have coming up. Um, but Joey, what's been going on with you Man, this week, bud? I'm just, I just can't get over this. So we, we always you know have brought up these things that evangelicals are freaking out about yeah like we've done cruella and before yep. you know just another one a couple weeks ago we talked about um you know other disney movies that they're afraid of sure it's just it, oh, rugrats we talked about yep it's like without fail there's always something new and now it's luca the new pixar movie they, they, yeah. they're freaking out about luca i saw which was some, incredible by the way yeah it's a good it's movie a, like yeah. listen i love the animation style it kind of it almost phenomenal. looks like a claymation yeah like I, I, I love that i like as i get older Pixar movies just like know how to tug on my heartstrings. Like oh my say God. what you yeah. want, but yeah. like there were three like distinct moments where I was like, yeah. you better pull yourself together." Yeah, sitting here cuddling on the couch with my wife and dog, like yeah. chopping onions. Like man. somebody's chopping onions with yeah. these two little sea monsters. Yeah, I mean, I, I Coco still makes me cry. Oh, dude. Coco made me cry the first time and every time after. Onward. I actually haven't seen Onward all the way through. Oh my god! But Lucas, so they they the whole point about it is that a beast comes out of the water just like in revelation where it describes a beast coming out of the water and that's all you need to know it's all there that's that's the, all you need all there. to say boycott disney i just think it's hilarious and honestly we've talked about this before so i won't harp on it for long but like it just makes me want the rapture to be real and for me to be left behind and yeah. all of these fundamentalists to be like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. If, if the rapture really just happened away. and all the fundamentalists were taken i feel like the people left uh, that were left behind would be like great be a lot of really cool art coming out yeah we would be like let's go watch the movie yeah. <laughs> we'd be so chill Dude, one of my favorite things too about the whole luca controversy uh-huh. controversy and huge air quotes there yeah is uh i've seen you know luca 
means light bringer. Right. Right. Oh my Lucifer God. also means light bearer. And I'm like, please There's... no one look up. Please nobody look up what Luke means. <laughs> because they may have to cancel his gospel when they realize that Luke also means light bearer. Dude, they don't want to think about that. And they also don't want to think about the fact that Lucifer was only in the Bible. That word's only in there as a translation error in right. the King James Version. And it's been subsequently removed. It's right. not even in modern Bibles. Yeah. Because they realized that the word Lucifer was not meant to be a name. No, it's because the New World Order is coming in oh, and trying course. to change Bibles. King James is what Paul read. <laughs> yeah, King okay. James. Paul was a King, King James, James man. <laughs> is what Jesus read. Right. Of course, Jesus had the complete Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And he never, ever contradicted Scripture of the Old Testament. Not never. Not, not ever once. Not once. That was not his thing. No. He went up to the Pharisees and said, you know, you guys got this right. But yeah, the Lucifer thing is so funny to me. People don't realize that that word was referring, like Lucifer, when it was written in in Isaiah, was referring to the morning star or or, or was referring to Venus, the planet Venus, because when the sun is uh, rising, the last little light in the sky that you can see before the sun envelops all of of the sky is Venus. And so they would make a legend about that, about Venus being this like, spiritual being that was uh rebelling against the sun sure. like doing this like last holdout against right. the sun and so that became like a legend or a, or a myth and that's what isaiah was referring to right and then we take that word lucifer and we think that it's a name for a literal physical devil yeah and then we get mad at pixar and it's so funny too it's because like, like it like think of the picture that that's painting though with uh-huh. isaiah of yeah. like you know the sun rising yeah and there's this last holdout trying to you know maintain its will right right. but will eventually always be overtaken by the sun isaiah is talking about sin yes yes he's not talking about a physical being he's talking about there may be things that hold on and feel like they're holding on forever but they will eventually have to submit to the sun right jesus exactly and not only that, but at the same time of making that spiritual um, um, analogy or, or, or metaphor, right. he was also talking about a literal nation on earth. He was talking yeah. about uh, uh, Babylon and, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce the kingdom right. Tyre, Tyre. I couldn't tell you. Anyway, hey, not experts. We're not Casey Dots. We'll bring it back in to tell us how to pronounce it. <laughs> we're gonna have just a pronunciation episode. Right. We're just gonna slide pieces of paper over to him. We're gonna hold up like little like placards and have yeah. to pronounce things. Apocastasis? Is that what I'm it not, is? I'm not trying. Yeah. So I'm not gonna get made fun of by the people at our church that know how to pronounce it that watch the show. <laughs> so. But but yeah. So he's talking about this nation, this this empire, and he's talking about how they are like rebelling against God and how they will be cast down. Right. He wasn't talking about a literal devil and. and and yet, here we are. Here we are. So, man, what's new with you? Well, uh, nothing too much. I went to uh, North Carolina this past weekend to yes. uh, see my family and celebrate the cool. 4th of July with them. So that was lovely. Ah, yes. God bless Babylon. God bless Babylon. <laughs> we, uh, But I'm originally from North Carolina, super close to Myrtle Beach. And so close to the beach, 10, 15 minutes away. So I literally just spent hours asleep on sand mm. listening to water. Sounds amazing, yeah. The, it was incredible. I mean, just <laughs> like awesome. a few months ago, I was at the beach. I just read Brian's on the whole time. Came home with a sunburn, and it doesn't look like you're burnt at all. So. Uh, my shoulders got a little bit of color, um, but it's it's already starting to like go away, yeah. like the the burn part. You know, going to the beach is always interesting for me um, and for a lot of us who grew up evangelical because of the stigma around, um, you know, 
clothing. Clothing, yeah, yeah. around showing off too much. Not right. only for guys necessarily, but for girls. I yeah. mean, um, there's always such a, a stigma because of purity culture about that sort of thing. Yeah, it's so funny too because growing up, I mean, the closest beach to me was 10, 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. I worked at a store that was only separated from the beach by a bridge. Wow. So, like, I was very close to the beach. Summertime, you know, people walking in all the time, two-piece, ba- two-piece bathing suits, yeah. you know, just swim trunks, whatever. Right. So I very much got used to just seeing it. Right. You know, and it it was always funny to me because, you know, I would work in that and obviously wasn't a sexual thing for a lot of women and a lot of guys. It was just sand sucks yeah like the least yeah. amount of places you can have for sand to get trapped the better <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. so it's like yeah. i i get it you know yeah you want an even tan i get it it's the beach people kind of expect you to dress that way not that big of a deal and then i go to church services mm-hmm. where girls specifically yeah not guys yeah of course absolutely shamed mm-hmm. like dragged through the mud you're being a jezebel and a stumbling block yeah you know yeah. to these young men trying to live for the lord you're being a stumbling block by wearing what you're wearing to the beach yeah and i always thought it's kind of hypocritical oh it totally is it totally is most of purity culture is so so guys today we're talking about purity culture and you are absolutely right that it is completely hypocritical yeah um it, it is sad how bad women were treated and still are uh, throughout this 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 evangelical scene where people were so obsessed with purity but they were specifically putting the pressure and responsibility of it on women so right right you know they they weren't telling men to you know treat women better to to not be so lustful to not right you know they weren't telling men to pluck out your eye if it is causing you to <laughs> yeah. sin they were just focusing all attention on women and how they dress and how they act right which taught women that they are responsible for men's issues for men's sin right yeah. which which is is so backwards and and it's just the shame that would come with that you know yeah and, and we're still seeing it today with you know Matthew West modest sadist 100% yeah. and now it's it's funny to me because you know we talk about how um the whole thing with we don't talk about it. We're just not bringing it up. <laughs> but anyways, so I was watching some videos about the Matthew West thing because he's pulled yeah. down that video now. Yeah. Can't really find it anywhere because it was only on his Instagram. He didn't release it as like an actual song, an actual music video. Right, right. Um, but he's talking about how it was satire and all this stuff. Yeah. And it may have been, but it was playing into the the um, culture that yeah. has so hurt people. But like here's the thing too is it wasn't even it wasn't even actually satire. Yeah. Like it if wasn't. you look up the definition of satire, satire by definition is individuals making fun of certain things to inspire social reform. Yeah, that's not what he was doing. So the idea that Matthew West was calling the satire Right. That would he, mean would mean that he understands that modest is hottest is a you know oppressive way to view women yeah. and we need to change it yeah and that is not at all that's what not what he was saying he, he, he so was it, it was not by definition it was not satire no it wasn't he was playing into the exact same thing that has hurt people without realizing he he, he was so culturally you know uh, uh, deaf he was right. so completely unaware of what the conversation has become about purity culture that he had no idea that that um, he would get completely you know filleted alive on tiktok um you know it's just sad and what's interesting to me is that matthew west and modest asadas is not at all the first purity culture song oh no to to hit our youth groups no um you know songs like like his these 
these abstinence bangers. These, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they've been around for a long time. Now, you weren't a Christian as young as I was. You, right. you didn't become a Christian later, so I don't know if you're if you know about some of these. But like DC Talk, man, was our old Matthew West. Oh, yeah. So like the only, not... Jesus, the only DC Talk song that I know is Jesus Freaks. Yeah, well, that's that's like, like, that's like the, their best one. That's when they were trying to be never. They were trying to be a Nirvana, basically. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, that's why I loved it so much. Yeah, it was. It was. I'll be honest. It's still a pretty catchy song. But oh, absolutely. But before that, they put out some serious uh, purity culture hits. Mm. Like uh, I don't want. It was the name of one. That's uh, a lie. Yeah, I don't know the name of the song, but that's a lie. It is. So the whole song, and this—the reason I'm bringing it up—is because it perfectly demonstrates the difference between what boys were taught and what girls are taught in pure sure. culture. So just back up for a second. When you're, if you go to something as a teenager, they like the silver ring thing. Have you heard of that? Oh, I went to the silver. I went really? to one of those. Yeah. Uh, oh, perfect. So you got a purity ring and all? Uh, yeah. Do I have it? No. <laughs> yeah, you Did lose I have it. it about two months after I got it. No. Yeah, you lose the purity ring, but you hold on to the sexual anxiety they gave you oh yeah absolutely that, that sexual anxiety you keep forever it, it stays you have to it unpack stayed. that on your honeymoon it's super fun and awkward oh, yeah. thanks a lot for that youth pastors um but the ring that's long gone right. so anyway usually what they would do at these events and, and at your youth group is they would separate the guys and the girls and the guys would get one message yep. and the girls would get another one right and in the girls message they would be reading things like um i kiss dating goodbye uh, or passion and purity by elizabeth elliott yeah um some of these you know, I have on the shelf there uh, several of, of these purity culture books that, that the girls would work through. And usually what the message was to the girls uh, was that you are causing your brothers in Christ to stumble. You are causing them to sin. And you need to act right. You need to behave. You need to dress right because you're responsible for their sins. Hmm. And then they would also promise you an amazing future sex life, like an idyllic married sex life if you wait and so what they were doing is they were using sex to sell abstinence. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were using the, right. the idea of how right. great sex would be to sell you on being abstinent. Not having sex. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then that, of course, sets women up because, because then when their sex life maybe isn't amazing, right. you know, because you were repressing it for so long. And so now you're some And it, you've never done it before. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and then, then they feel like, well, what's wrong with me? I thought it was supposed to be amazing. Yeah. And like, you're this. Okay. So- I do believe in waiting until you're married to have sex because, you know, I had sex outside of marriage. I had sex before I was married with not my wife and it was not beneficial to me in any way. Yeah. You know, like I'm not saying that those were great. You know, that was a great decision. That was a great choice. Right. So there are certain things where it's like there is a benefit to waiting until you're married. Sure. There is no benefit in shaming people that don't, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, like that does nothing right. for them. And, and, and so what they would do is they would use these analogies of, uh, I mean, these youth pastors had no shortage of, of metaphors or object right. lessons. I was talking to my wife about this. My wife has been dealing with um, deconstructing purity culture mm-hmm. and unpacking all that was all the the damage that was done um even now we've been married for you know nine years and even now it's still something that that we are um peeling away sure bit yeah. by bit because it really can can do some damage and, same i mean me and michaela have been together for we've been married for six years now i'm like yeah you know every day like it's just another little thing of like oh 
there's like this weird tension here. Yeah. Because of like what we were taught about sex growing up. Yeah. Like, well, we're taught to repress it, to hold it down, to, to, to ignore it. We're taught that it's sinful. Right. And then you say a vow in front of people and just like that it's supposed to go away just like that you're supposed to go from virgin mary to basically a porn star yeah and because you were promised that if you did it right your sex life in marriage would be amazing you were promised that if you wait if you stay pure then you were going to be rewarded with this amazing you know yeah and so when it doesn't click that fast like it, you think there's something wrong? You with think you. that you, you're like, well, what's wrong? I, I did it right. I was right. This, you know, this is what I was supposed to get. Um, and of course, that man, there's so many ways to go with this because that even leads to men treating their women like their property. Yeah. Like I have, I have done the right things, and now uh, you are mine. You basically. are my reward. Yes, you're my reward. We use that. Ver- I mean, people use that verse in First Corinthians. I believe it's First Corinthians seven. Yeah. Can't give you the exact verse number, but we'll, it's, we'll you know, find it and put it on. <laughs> wives, you know, your body is not your own anymore. It yeah. is your husband's now. Yeah. And we love to stop there. Yeah. But then it goes on to say, also, husbands, your body is no longer your yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, absolutely. So, so girls were taught with, with these object lessons yeah. um, that my wife told me about. She told me about several that she sat through. She said that at one time they were told that they were delicate flowers mm. and that they're perfect little delicate flowers. But if they have sex, then a petal is pulled. And soon enough, you're going to be nothing but an ugly stem that nobody wants. Oh. They were told in one. That's she's gross. Oh, it's horrible. Oh. In one, she was. They they held up little teacups, these delicate like china teacups, yeah. and they said, "You are this delicate teacup, and if you have sex," and the youth pastor threw it on the ground and it shattered. And he's like, "Now no one can drink tea from you." And it's like that sounds inappropriate <laughs> in it's, itself. It's horrible. And so and and then there was another one with like a white dress. Like if you have sex now, your dress is stained with mud. And so it, it creates a, a dry cleaner. Right. So what it did is it, it shows girls that like if they have sex, they are forever changed. Right. They are forever ruined. Right. And now no one's going to want them because they're just this weird little stem or a shattered teacup yeah. or a stained dress. And they don't harp on at all the grace and forgiveness of God. Yeah. And it's like it, you almost tie their entire identity, their yeah. entire self-worth, their entire like their entire personhood in that virginity. Yes, Whereas exactly. Like, if you do not remain a virgin, then you are less than a human. Yeah. You're worthless. You might as well be a murderer. Yeah. You might as well be a drug addict. I, I, like, honestly, I honestly think even worse because – Notice that no other sin we attach the label to of pure or not pure. It's right. just with sex. Yeah, that's you true. know nobody says that about someone who's never stolen before. Like, oh, you're pure. Now you're not. Right. You're forever changed. Purity culture immediately has the connotations of exactly. sexual purity. Exactly, and it assigns full responsibility and blame to the women. Men are given a very different message. Yeah. While while girls are told that they're shattered teacups. You know what the guys were doing? Well, Eating I guess pizza. You, yeah, oh, you, yeah, you were at the Silver Ring. We were, thing, we were so. being told to watch out for Jezebels. Exactly. Like I, I honestly don't know that there was ever a time where it was taught to me personal responsibility for me. Yeah. Outside of you know women, where it's yeah. you know avoid women that dress you know immodestly because they'll yeah. cause you to stumble. Yeah, exactly. It was never, you know, protect your eyes yourself. Yes. You know, it was never. Look at a woman as the image bearer of God, regardless of what she's wearing. Exactly. It was it was never about, you know, Jesus talked about if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Right. But they never in the guys meeting told them that. Right. That was never a verse that was brought up in the guys it's meeting. Like, well, that Jesus, I was in. what if she's wearing something, you know, scandalous? 
if your eye <laughs> causes you to sin, yeah. pluck it out. Yeah. Well, what if I can't keep my hands off her? If your hand causes you to sin, chop it off. Yeah. You know, if the youth pastors really want to continue with their object lessons and they want to be biblically accurate, they could have handed out spoons at the guys' meeting <laughs> and be like, here, scoop your eyes out if, if you're oh, lusting dude, for people. Imagine but like, they never you did had, that. like a little like head <laughs> with like like little jello eyes for like the object lesson. Oh my god. If you sin, this is what you have to do and like pluck out the eyeball. <laughs> it was just turns into like a saw yeah. scene <laughs> in the youth group. It's like yeah. it like have like little mannequin hands. If your hand cause you to sit and I have like a big old butcher's knife like yeah. chop it off. Yeah. It's like this is what's going to happen to you. Right. But that never happened. No. no because never. in the guys meeting what we were doing was eating pizza laughing at the pastor making a crude joke about having sex with his wife and how fun it is. Because okay so was every youth pastor's wife just super hot? They I'm love not to... saying that for me. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is every purity thing the like the male pastor would be like Listen, guys, my wife is hot. Yeah. Stand up, babe. Yeah. Stand up. <laughs> yeah. Let them see you. I'm like, yeah. this is dude, weird. Dude, they do that because they're trying to show off this like this success story. Yeah. Of like, see, this is what will happen to you, too, if you save it till marriage. <laughs> it's like an infomercial. Yeah. It's, and, and they're also treating women, again, like their property. Right. Like, you stand when I tell you to stand, and you show off when I want you to. You show off to these 13-year-old boys yeah. how hot I think you are. Yeah. It's just... With your turtleneck on. So messed and up. Your, your caprice. Dude, I know that, like, we try not to cuss on our show, but, like, this topic is going to make me cuss. <laughs> <laughs> but, so the guys... Like you said, they're told watch out for Jezebel. Yep, and, or Delilah. Oh yeah, we had no shortage of no shortage of, of the. We never, you know, we never talked about like Phoebe. You know, be, uh, right. one of the good characters, one of the good women of the Bible. Right. We never talked about Mary. We talked about Delilah and Jezebel. And we never because girls about, are the enemy. Yeah, and we're never honest about David either. Yeah, David was a rapist. Yeah, like I'm sorry, like huge trigger warning here, but like at the end of the day, David sent a woman's husband to the front line of the battle yeah. with the intention of him being murdered. Yep. And then we preach this message yeah. that this woman, you know, so willingly slept with David. Yeah. David was the king. Yes. She had no choice. Yeah. There was no option there. He just had her husband murdered. Yeah, exactly. He raped her. And and not only that, but look at when he died. You know, our pastor's told this story before, but when, when David died, the it said that uh, the servants that were attending to him to check if he was alive or not sent a girl into his room. Yeah. And when the girl came out untouched, untouched. they knew, oh, wow, he must be dead. Like, because you he, are so sexually yeah. charged that yeah. they send in a young girl to yeah. see if you're actually dead or not. Yeah. You may have the issue. And yet he was called a man after God's own heart. Right. But in in purity culture, men are never the problem. No. Never. No. That's why we were told watch out for Jezebel, because we were told that girls are the problem. That, right. That they are dangerous, that they are deceptive, and that we need to keep them at arm's length. Yep. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, can you think of a Bible passage or chapter that women are told that they need to aspire to be? Like, that they need to rank themselves oh, by? Man. Oh, man. <laughs> We got the classic, Joey. I'm looking for me a Proverbs 31 Proverbs woman. 31. Exactly. Now, can you tell me the male equivalent that we're supposed to be judging ourselves by? Oh. Because I can't think of one. Oh, Joey. We weren't given one. Oh, Joey. <laughs> the only thing. The only thing. There isn't I, one. I could possibly think of. Uh-huh. Maybe. Maybe. Is 
1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. Only in the context of when you get married. Yeah. Or, again, only in the context when you get married. Um, you know, husbands, or sorry, wives submit yourself as yeah. you know the church, as Christ, blah, blah, blah. Right. Husbands lay down your life for your wife love your as, wife as christ yeah. love the church right right and so that's 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 that, that's about that's it. about I'm it about but there. but girls in girls were taught that proverbs 31 was like their measuring rod it yeah. was like how to test how good how holy they are right and so they would aspire to be this proverbs 31 woman and it's unattainable no. it's 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 ridiculous because it's not even talking about a person no it, well, that's a lot to, to give some people because they don't they, they apply it so literally. But you're right; it's yeah. not actually talking about person. Um, Rachel Held Evans famously put out the book "A Year of Biblical Womanhood," yeah. where she tried for a whole year to live the Proverbs 31 life as literal as possible. And so, like at one point, wouldn't she like camp outside when she was on her period? Yeah, because that's what the Bible that, like, that's, called that, you to do. Yeah, so the Bible exactly the, it, the Bible in the Old Testament talked about how when women are on their period, they're unclean and they can't be touched, and anything right. they touch becomes unclean. So every month on her period, she had to camp out in the backyard. And, and then in Proverbs, Proverbs thirty one, there's one verse that mentions something like she proclaims she praises her husband at the gates of the city or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. So she went to the sign at the front of her town that said "Welcome to whatever town," yeah. and she put up a poster board that said. <laughs> Dave is awesome. <laughs> That's great. I mean, just to try to show people right. this is unattainable. This right. is unrealistic. It doesn't apply to us right now. So why are we telling 14-year-old girls that this is what you have to be? Yeah. And then meanwhile, we're not telling guys anything like that. No. Because again, guys are never the problem in purity culture. Because honestly, like, I don't know that there was ever a time, you know, I knew people in high school that got pregnant out of wedlock in high school. And it was always, well, what did you do? Talking oh, yeah. to the girls, you yes, know, like, yes. I can't believe you let him do this. Yeah. I can't believe you did this. Yeah. I mean, again, like, what were you wearing? Yeah. Sensitive yeah. topic. But like, I've seen posts, you know, and this is absolutely heartbreaking. Like this boils my blood. Yeah. Where, you know, rape survivors being blamed well what part did you have in causing your brother to stumble yeah you know exactly. like people that dealt with sexual abuse in the church specifically yeah. women dealing with sexual abuse in the church well what part did you play in it did you repent of what you were wearing or what you did to make him think that you wanted this uh-huh yeah it's like, disgusting that is absolutely it's victim blaming it is i i can't i can't yeah yeah, like, I know. It, it, it's so sad to see that it's still happening. Yeah. You know, we've been, you know. I mean, you got Josh Duggar. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, that's, that's a recent thing coming out. I mean, like, yeah. he's, he's had several sexual abuse allegations yeah. put against him. And then just recently, another set of them. Yeah. And, and, and then look at look at even before that, uh, uh, we had Mark Driscoll. Yeah. Now, he, he's not his whole ministry is is being accused of of all sorts of abuse just rampant abuse right and this is the kind of thing that grows in this purity culture world right because purity culture is intrinsically linked with a patriarchal structure yeah where men are placed on top. They're given all authority. They're given all honor. And women are subservient. And even right. if they don't outright say that, that's what the culture teaches. It's yeah. the underlying message. Yeah. Just like in the, the groups that we were in, guys weren't specifically taught women are beneath you. Right. right. We weren't specifically taught watch out for girls, be afraid of them. Right. But it was the underlying message. It's the verbiage. You got to think yeah. what a stumbling block. Yeah. Where is a stumbling block? Mm -hmm. 
underneath you. Yeah. yeah. Like, if yeah. we're saying women are a stumbling block, uh-huh. we are subconsciously telling men, yeah. you can trip over a woman. She has to be under you for you yeah. to be able to trip over. Yeah, exactly. So it's like this idea that a woman is nothing more than a stumbling block to your salvation. Yeah. Th- that that you need to watch out for their siren song that's going to call you away, pull right. you away from the calling of God. Um, you know, and then... But don't forget, once you get married, everything's supposed to change. Everything goes away. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to change. You know, we we have been dealing with this, the effects of this in my own in my own life, my own marriage mm-hmm. for for years. Sure, because there's lingering uh, uh, trauma from this. Right, and we didn't when we first got married. We were still fundamentalists, and yeah. so we didn't really have the verbiage for it. Right, but now as we're learning and growing, we're we're identifying it more as like that is lingering trauma. From an abusive theology yeah. that we were subjected to as kids, yeah, you know, and and it's it's a lot to work through and process, yeah, and like, so my wife before we got married, you know, we were also still fundamentalists, yeah. at that time. I didn't want to call myself a fundamentalist because I didn't really fully agree with most of it. Yeah, weren't you always believing in evolution? Yeah. So you were never full fundy? Yeah, no. You're like half fundy? Yeah. Never go full fundy. N- never go full fundy. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so she was a part of this girls group Yeah. Um, that a friend and leader of ours was going into. We were dating. You know, we everybody knew me and Michaela were going to end up getting married. Like, sure. that, that was very much the path that we were going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't regret it at all. Love yeah. my wife. And so she... Uh, she was in this little girls group uh-huh. and they read this book. I think it's either be made to be his help me or created to be his help me. Oh God. And, uh, there's a whole, there's a whole part of it is written by this woman. Oof. And the whole thing is like, you know, talking about sex and like being the perfect wife and being a Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. And a section of it is like a Q and a, and someone's like, you know, my husband cheated on me. What do I need to do? Yeah. And the response was, well, you need to ask yourself, what did you do to cause your husband to cheat on you? If he had to find sex outside the home, you know, maybe you should have been providing that for him. That's horrible. And I'm like, what kind of twisted worldview do you have to have? Yeah. But, but do you blame a woman for her her husband cheating on her? Right. Well, do you see what I mean about the patriarchal structure? In every situation, men don't get what they want. uh They are justified to do whatever they need to do to get what they want. Exactly. And, and it's take any situation, whether it's abuse or, or sin or whatever it might be. And you have to spin it in a way where the man is okay, where the man is on top, right? Where the man is, defended at all costs right. because he is the authority and yeah. he's never the problem. Right. Um, you know, the, the lingering effects of this are, are so damaging. It's yeah. so hard to work through. You know, my wife was telling me that as a, a Christian kid growing up, now she was the quintessential perfect Christian. Mm. She was, she, good job she, Val. Yeah. <laughs> Valerie, Valerie nailed it. She, uh, she was the Christian kid at her Christian school. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So like her fellow Christian school classmates thought of her as like a little Christian. Too Christian. Kid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, her whole identity was wrapped up in purity. Mm-hmm. And so she, even when she had friends who were, you know, having sex or, or, or whatever it might've been, right. she knew like her whole thing was, I'm the pure one. I'm the one who's doing this right. I'm going to get married and, you know, yeah. and I'll be able to always say I did this right. And then I'm going to have the perfect marriage of my dreams while they're all having STDs oh, yeah. and going oh, yeah. to hell. Yep. And so once we got married and she was no longer a virgin, she said that it was it was so 
surprising at the time because she wasn't expecting this to happen but she felt this this sense of loss like now what am i I protected this thing for so long now what right she was like i was the pure you know person i was the one who wasn't having sex i was the perfect christian now now what is my thing now it's ironic to me that we too we like so attach the idea of purity not even to the heart of sex yeah. not even to like what it represents yeah but just to the action of it yeah you know yeah totally it's like sex inside of marriage is still pure yeah but we don't teach that part yeah like we don't yeah like, it's true it's true we talk about how sex outside of marriage is impure mm-hmm. but we don't talk about like you know how sex within the context of marriage it's awesome. Well, we, it's a great thing. It's, it is God's, you know, design for things. Like, yeah, it, like it's the way God intended us to be. Exactly. And even if we did teach that, there's still the issue of it being extru- almost impossible for some people to right. switch gears that seamlessly. Exactly. Of, this was sin and now it's not. This it's, was sin. Now it's holy. It's actual abuse. Yeah. Because like. Your brain isn't designed to let go of things like that that exactly. quickly. Exactly. You are working against years of of trained response. Yeah. Of any time I feel, you know, turned on, any time I feel right. slightly, you know, aroused, aroused yeah. uh, I'm supposed to reject it, shut it down, it's yep. a sin, and then immediately change, turn it off. It doesn't work like that. No. For some people. And it can be, it can be really hard. And, like, I would even, like, be concerned that, like, you have an actual mental issue if you went from this is a sin this is a sin this is an ignore all these issues ignore you yeah, know, these yeah. attractions ignore all this and then you say i do and just let it run free yeah well it was so like hard. i would be i would almost be concerned for like your mental state yeah. as a whole yeah just like just being able to flip into just this complete like sex fiend yeah yeah just in, in the span of a 30-minute wedding ceremony, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, what's so frustrating to me also is the lack of accountability or the lack of uh, admitting to the effects of this right. in evangelical culture. Right. When we got married, uh, you know, we were dealing with, with the, the, the effects of this. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where sex was so difficult for a while uh, because of, of of the shame that she yeah, would sure. feel. And of course, we would try to work through it and say, like, hey, it, it is pure. We're married. Right. It's okay. Right. But there was just this underlying effect of, no, this is wrong. And it yeah. was like a, a, a chemical reaction, like a, a connection in your brain where it's like, this is wrong. Yeah. And it was hard to work around it. So we even talked to people, to pastors that we trusted, and a, a married couple. And when we sat down and they were like, what's wrong? And she was like, my wife was opening up to them and said, you know, I just, every time we try to have sex, I just feel shame. I feel yeah. hurt. And, and I don't know why I can't work through it. Now, instead of realizing, instead of the light bulb coming on and saying, oh, wow, this is what we're teaching kids. This yeah. is how it's affecting them as adults. This is a problem. Instead of realizing that, their advice, and I love them, but their advice was to like prophetically declare over our own bodies like we will <laughs> we will get past this we will not have this issue like to prophetically speak it over ourselves instead of addressing that maybe what you guys were teaching us maybe yeah. what this whole evangelical movement was teaching us was bad yeah maybe we needed to take accountability for the damage we've done but no no it's just on me as the husband to prophetically speak over my wife you will not feel shame like yeah. i can do that sure 
but why don't we go ahead and make some changes to what we're right. teaching kids in the first place? And it's like, I, I am all about, you know, power of the words, you know, yeah. like it's, it, it is a biblical thought of speaking things into existence. I mean, that's how God created the universe. Sure. You know, sure. And that's he fine. spoke, universe began. Yeah. So I very much believe in, you know, the reality of what you say is what you will see. Sure. Now, the prosperity gospel oh, has taken that to a illogical extreme. Oh, it's disgusting. Just say that you're going to have a million dollars, send us a hundred dollars and you'll get it. Yeah. You know, it's horrible. It's horrible. But there, I mean, there is a reality in self-fulfilling prophecies. Sure. You know? Sure. So like there, I mean, there is some truth to speak life over yourself and you will start to see it. Sure. Same thing as people that you constantly see them on Facebook talking about how terrible their life is. Yeah. Continuing to be terrible. Oh yeah. And I'm you not, know? I'm not denying that. So, but on the same token, uh, we have got to start taking responsibility in the church for toxic theology. Absolutely. Because if we want, like I, I hate the idea and the term toxic masculinity. Okay. I believe that there are toxic masculine traits. I do believe that there are people that are toxic uh males yeah i do believe in some parts of toxic masculinity sure but i honestly genuinely believe a lot of the issues with toxic toxic masculinity stem from purity culture oh absolutely it does because purity culture is very sexist yeah It, it, it is a sexist structure that teaches men to be right, to be more in that toxic type of masculinity, right? Of yeah. you should tell women what to wear so you don't sin. Exactly, and it is your job to make sure that women are modest yeah. so you don't sin. Oh, absolutely. Purity culture, purity culture in women creates it creates it puts shame in them. It creates right. shame and and fear and and self loathing. In men, it pulls out the most toxic side of masculinity. Right, it pulls the most toxic traits. Out right. and, and turns us into misogynists. It's like we're called, like, you know, some people would say that men are called to be, like, the protectors. Yeah. Great. But we have turned that from protect your wife from other people uh-huh. to protect other people from your wife. Yeah. That's so true. You yeah, know? And absolutely. so, like, that's the toxic part of it is domineering yeah. your wife yeah. to, in the name of protecting others from sinning, uh-huh. instead of saying, babe, you are beautiful. You know, there you don't have to worry about shame. If yeah. they sin, that's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. That is not on you. Instead of protecting her uh you know, instead of protecting her value outside of sex, yeah. We are saying that you're not worth anything if other men look at you in lust. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else this does is some of the effects that this has on on women is I've seen some people on TikTok talk about how some people have internalized purity culture to such an extreme that they made this idea of being the perfect wife their entire life, yeah. even as a teenager. Right. So some of them, it would lead into a, a obsession with fitness. Yep. Because I have to look perfect so I get the right man. Right. Because this is what he's looking for. I mean, you have that pastor. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. That preached the whole message on, you know, his wife gaining weight after they got married. Yeah. And, and telling her that she had to lose some weight. As he himself is obviously obese. Yes, there there is a we we could share that. I don't know if I want to though because I hate that. that video, it is but, oh my god, but it's it, terrible. It, it's horrible, and that's the kind of you know that whole structure is based on purity culture, right? And I think that it's time that we reevaluate the way that the church handles sex. Yeah, um, I know that's not exactly a hot take. Of course, right. <laughs> we need to, but we we obviously. 
have messed up. I mean, when we are when we are handing out purity rings and, and making a a physical token of to represent something as innocuous as whether or not you've done something, you know, right. like that. It, it's, we don't have gossip rings. Yeah, exactly. You know, there are other um, there are better ways to teach healthy sexuality, and the church is just not interested no. in those conversations. And also, this is going to be a little random tangent, but I just thought about it. Yeah. I mean, we've not even gotten into the pornography side of this thing. Oh, yeah. Where I honestly don't know that anyone has ever shamed a male pornographic star. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. like It's just the women who get the shame. It's just the women. Yeah, exactly. Of You gotta watch out for those porn stars always talking about females. Yeah. There are also males in there. Yeah, that's true. And, and the way that you know, I have a book on my shelf over there um, about marriage, and it was it's called The Act of Marriage, and it was written by Tim LaHaye, the same author who wrote the Left Behind series. Oh, lovely! Yeah, so before Tim LaHaye was known for Left Behind, he and his wife partnered up for a series of books and lessons about marriage and specifically about sex. Is his theology on marriage? As good as his theology on the uh, end times? I would say worse. I would say more damaging. I think his what he and his wife have taught about marriage is even more damaging than what they've taught about the end times. That's that's a that, that's a big claim. Yeah, well it's 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 terrible. So that that the whole idea was that they wanted to present to people that being a Christian doesn't mean you have to be a celibate. It doesn't mean you have a non-existent sex life. Sure. They wanted to present this like, no, even as Christians, your sex life can be awesome. Yeah. Because they wanted that to be a selling point. Right. Like, you can you can be a Christian and still have an amazing sex life. So they put out the act of marriage, and it's all about trying to convince women to be more sexually uh, creative, I guess you could say, with their husbands. They would put the pressure on women to like – Basically, it says, you know, when your wife, when your husband comes home, make sure that you're dressed up nice. Make sure that you're wearing something really pretty. Yeah. Make sure that come up with creative things. Wear wear something really hot. Right. Because he wants to come home and be excited by what he sees. Sure. You know, he and, and they they get into some. Was this written in like the 1920s? It sounds like it, but no, it came <laughs> out I think in the 70s or 80s. And there's some stuff in that book that's. Pretty graphic for like what you'd, what you'd see at like it's pretty graphic for Lifeway Christian bookstore. I mean, Lifeway had the Song of Solomon in there, so I mean that's true, true. But <laughs> pretty steamy. <laughs> but it just shows how again they were they were using sex to sell abstinence. They were using this perfect sex life, and then when you get married and that doesn't happen, and here's what's what so do do? funny to me is I think we forget the fact that. You know, Christians complain about how, you know, women are used as sexual icons. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, look at her. She's selling herself. You know, she's just there to be like a sexual figure. Well, we've kind of done the same thing. The church has done the same exact thing in messages like this. Yeah. You are a sex object. Yeah. But only for your husband. That is so true. That is so true. And so, like, the idea that we're mad, that the church is mad at women for being sex icons. Yeah. It, they they don't have a right to be mad because the church has sold that exact same crap to women wow. just saying, don't be a sex icon for everybody. Just yeah. be a sexual fiend for your husband. Exactly. But the bottom line is still the same, which is that you were made to be a sex icon. You right. were made to it's be the exact same message. It's just women are saying, if I'm made to be a sex icon, I'm going to make some money off of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. I'm a, like, if you want to call me a sex icon, 
let's do it for everybody. Right. Let's just. That like, is so. I've never thought about that way, but you're right. The church is presenting the same uh, ideas that they claim is so wrong right. in the it's, world, which it's is the exact that same thing with as cancel culture. Yeah. The church created and perfected cancel culture. Yeah. And now that things that the church likes is getting canceled. Oh, oh yeah. Time for cancel culture. Oh, yeah. The devil. Yeah, exactly. The new world order. We've been we've been canceling things for for decades. It's almost like the church had such a stranglehold on things for yeah. so long. Yeah. That people are now taking those lessons and saying, hey, bump this. Uh-huh. I'm going to use it for what I want to use it for, just like you've used it for what you want to use it for. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to turn it around. The, the, the godly wife that ideas, the idea of what it means to be a godly wife is so, is so like dumbed down. It's so boiled down to just be sexually attractive to your husband. Yeah. Do what he wants you to do sexually. Right. Be his sex slave, essentially. Yeah. Do that, and you'll your life will be perfect. It, it, it strips away all ability for that for a woman to do anything else you might want to do, basically, to, to yeah. aspire to something else, to have goals, to have dreams. Yeah. No, 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 no. You are to be a wife. You take care of the kids. You have sex on demand. Yep. That is what you do. To all of the men and women out there, especially the women, like, if I can get one thing across in this podcast, it is this. You are called to be more than just a wife. Yeah. God has much more for you than just being a wife or being a mother. Before you got married, God had a plan for your life. Yeah. Before you became a mother, God had a plan for your life. Yeah. Now, I am not at all saying that, you know, don't be a wife, don't be a mother. What I am saying is don't feel shamed if you don't want to be a wife. Oh, yeah. Don't feel shamed if you don't want to be a mother. Yeah. Don't feel shamed if you don't want to be a husband. Don't feel shamed if you don't want to be a dad. Yeah. Do what God has called you to do. Do what? Do Just follow peace. Just follow peace. Yeah. I'm not saying go around and sleep with everything that moves because, you know, purity doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm not saying go around and sleep, you know, do it with everybody that breathes your direction because it looks like they want to do it. <laughs> like... What I'm saying is your entire value is not wrapped up in you saying no. Your your value is not attached to whether to your virginity. Right. It's just it's it is so weird the way that the church obsesses over this. Yeah. It is it is a total obsession. It is taking honestly just a handful of verses and making it out to be the most important thing when in reality it's all because parents were terrified that their kids might be sleeping around with other kids. Yeah. And so we blow it up to this huge thing and then don't even think about the damage it might cause years down the road. Let's be honest. Parents just didn't want to have to raise a baby. Yeah. I mean, it, like, I don't blame them. I mean, I don't blame them. Parents have been freaking out about whether or not their kids are doing it forever. Yeah. So that's not new. No. But what they what we need to address is how the way that we handle sexuality doesn't just end when they become like 21 or get right. married. Right. The way that we handle it is something that can cause lasting effects and linger forever. And if we are teaching shame and and to and even self-loathing yep. and that is something that doesn't just go away. Yep. And um, it's just, it's just unhealthy. Yeah. So to everybody if you are a virgin, God loves and thinks the world of you. If you are not a virgin, God loves and thinks the world of you. And he wants the best for you. And your virginity is not tied up at all with God's plan for your life and what God is going to wants to do with you and through you. Yes, you are not a shattered teacup. 
No. You're, you're not a trampled flower. No. You are a person made in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made, and whether or not you had sex doesn't change that. And if we think for one second that God is surprised, he's not. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, like, here's, the, here, like here's something that really like hit home for me one time was... After I had had, you know, sowed my wild oats, you know, <laughs> yeah. back in my day, yeah. was realizing, oh, God knew that this was going to happen and still has a plan and purpose for my life. Yeah. Like, and that has not changed. Yeah, exactly. So all of the shame that people have put on me, all of the gossip that went around, it, it didn't matter. Yeah. And that's something else that we didn't even get into so far on this episode is the gossip that is tied to purity culture. I mean, how many... Joey... I don't know, you know, what your life was like growing up, really. Yeah. But like lots I said, of, lots of Carmen. There was, you know, there was somebody at my church that got pregnant. Yeah. Outside of wedlock, and everybody knew, of course, before it was announced because the gossip went around. Yeah. And we don't ever talk about how you know gossip is the sin. Mm-hmm. Oh, gossip is is called a sin often in the Bible, even more than some of these sexual things. Yeah, gossip is just as bad. As homosexuality, gossip mm-hmm. is just as bad as sleeping, you know, sleeping around, having sex outside of marriage. Gossip is just as bad. But we don't want to talk about that, do we? No. Can you imagine gossiping about two people on the internet? Could you just imagine just gossiping about a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Get a life. Maybe. Anyway, uh, so I just feel like it's important to remind people that we are still working through this. Yeah. We're still learning. And, and purity culture is something that uh, we can leave behind, that we'd be right. better off without. And um, There's a better way to teach that message. Yeah. Because like I said, I do believe that it's an important conversation to have. Mm-hmm. I believe we've butchered that conversation. Oh, yeah. And we've I'm- absolutely butchered butchered the point of the conversation. Well, that's because the whole conversation started off of the groundwork of men being over women, women right. being subservient. That's why, you know, I have a book up there um, that shows a um, test of what women have to go through to make sure that their clothing is appropriate. So it, it's meant for it's meant for preteens. It's not even meant for kids who are like fully out of puberty yet. Also, but yet they had to. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead and show it off. I want to just. Here's the book I was talking about. Six ways to keep the little in your girl. That's a terrible way to phrase that title. Yeah, I'm not the only one who finds that creepy, am I? That is a... So, so in the... <laughs> Prove this title. So, in that book, um, there are pictures that show what women have to go through to make sure their clothes are appropriate. Tests that they have to do. Like, one is, you know, sit... Uh, with your legs crossed in front of a mirror and see if you can if you can see panties basically yeah or bend down and see if you can see your underwear sticking up in the back or one of the tests is put three fingers in your collar and then when you take it out if the shirt snaps back it's too tight there was even one that said put on a they called it a purity mark where you take a marker and you mark a spot on your like right above your knee, and it's like if your skirt is not low enough to where that mark is covered, then it's it's too high. And so they would mark themselves to make sure, or they would do it like on their chest. There's a girl to make somewhere sure. with a purity mark tattoo at this point. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. But you notice how we were both guys. I don't have a book. Yeah, we 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 were both guys in youth group, and yeah. we were never given a list of things to do about our clothes. No, I mean, okay, you want to hear something funny too about this? It's the double standard that gets me. Man. It's not funny, but 
growing up, you know, in youth group, we go on trips and whatnot. We stay in hotels with pools. Girls had to wear, you know, one piece bathing suits with the big old t-shirt over top of them. Yeah. Guys just wear swim trunks. Yeah. And there was one time I was getting out of a pool and like got called over because these girls were like, we didn't recognize you. Like, you know, you're like, you know, like you're like kind of buff. I wasn't always this fat, but it's like, it's perfectly fine for that conversation to happen. Yeah, totally. But the idea of me looking at a girl, Uh it's, it wasn't my fault. It that was, I looked good without a shirt on. Yeah. It was their fault for looking at me. However, if I look at a girl and think, oh, man, she's hot, it's her fault for looking that way. Yeah. Well, because purity culture is designed to police girls' actions, behavior, words, their body. Yeah. And not men. And we are sexualizing children. I right. mean, these it's so are weird. These are kids. And we are we are sexualizing the things that they wear. Modest is hottest was a perfect example of that. Yeah. And, and like I said before, with the older songs, like DC Talk songs, like I don't want it and that kind of girl, perfectly showcase that sexualizing of, of children. Yeah. It's super weird. It's a weird obsession. And uh, we need we to leave, leave it behind. behind. We, we gotta get rid of that. Yeah. We gotta get rid of that. Yeah. And I'm not an expert. I don't know like exactly the best way to teach sexuality yes yeah. I'm, I'm no expert and of but course, this is definitely know, wrong <laughs> there you know i want to acknowledge too there are you know men and boys that have been you know that have been grossly affected by purity culture as well oh yeah absolutely you know, i absolutely. do not want to downplay you know the plight of men that have been negatively affected by purity oh, culture totally. at all it's, yeah and I, I mean imagine even uh homosexuals yeah you know who if they were if you were like a, a teenager maybe you weren't out yet and you're going to youth group and you're hearing this about purity culture I, I can't even imagine right so we don't want to downplay that at all but yeah. this just unquestionably has affected women yeah more than men yes and so like i said you know like me and joey said you know trying to say as much as we can your value is not tied into your virginity your purity is not tied into your virginity yeah if you've you know if you've had encounters that weren't your fault you know i'm going to phrase it that way specifically yeah talk to somebody about it it wasn't your fault you know reach out you know, you do not feel shamed that that happened to you. You know, it is not your fault that it happened. And if anybody makes you feel that way, you know, find somebody else to talk to. Yeah. But talk about it. Yeah. Because it's important. Absolutely. And I also say if, if, if you're in a situation kind of similar to what my wife and I went through of getting married and then still dealing with lingering, you know, feelings about that, that, that my wife felt, um, just know that you're not alone and yeah. that... You know, you were taught to feel ashamed of your own body. You were taught to feel ashamed of something completely natural that, right. that God created. And that is not what God intended. Right. You know, that is not – that is unfortunately uh, something that a lot of us have been subjected to. But but we have to work beyond that yep. because God doesn't want us to live in shame about something like, like this. It's just no. ridiculous. And, like, that's the funniest thing to me about this whole thing is – that was God's issue in the garden. Mm-hmm. You know, when Adam and Eve ate of the apple, the thing that came to them was shame. Yeah. So it's like we put shame on women for this purity culture thing. And that's the one thing that God was annoyed at with Adam. Yeah. was like, why are you hiding from me? Yeah. Exactly. Like, why are you ashamed? You don't need to be ashamed. Why are you ashamed? Yeah, absolutely. So God fights shame. We fight back against shame. Yes. And, uh, and and also, if you're kissing, dating goodbye, 
stop it stop true love date tr- they say true love waits no true love dates <laughs> okay yes, it does. just go you know the, the sad and there thing... is no the one oh yeah Can we stop that oh yeah okay hold on there hold is on. no the one because <laughs> if one person doesn't marry the right person the one is screwed up for everybody else that's right that's you right. make yourself the one stop putting the responsibility on other people for you to be a functioning adult yeah right? yeah that's what you I'm are supposed to be becoming the one for your spouse not the other way around yeah that, that's a that's a lot to get into at the end of the episode because that's worth unpacking further. Maybe we'll do a second episode. We'll do the second episode because we got to wrap up here. Yeah. I just want to say it's okay to date. You know, we were taught so much shame about dating. I remember yeah. when my wife, when Valerie and I started dating, we were still in Bible college and it was like this weird environment where yeah. people were like, everyone in the school, <laughs> oh, yeah. everyone in the church was talking about oh, it. Yeah. Everyone was watching us. If we got into one little argument one day and now in class, we might have not been sitting together because we got into some sort of argument. Over. It was the big big talk of the town it was oh, like yeah. oh i guess i guess they're fighting and the people who weren't dating would feel like see that's why it's better to not date <laughs> or if we were holding hands they'd be like they're sure holding hands a lot i mean it was so weird we were watched yeah. we were we were inspected because dating was so taboo it was so shocking right and so i'm just i hate that it's okay to date yeah you know, we, we you, don't you know have what we're to doing? marry the person that you're dating right now. That's what we're doing. When, when we teach people that dating is wrong, that you should kiss dating goodbye, all we're doing is building them up to marry the first person who's nice to them. Right. You know, and then you might end up in a marriage, not in my case, thank God, but you might end up in a marriage that you probably shouldn't have been in and that you regret. I have friends who went to other Bible colleges or even our own where they got married young because that's what purity culture tells you to do because you're 19, you want to have sex, you've waited this long, here's a nice girl, she's being nice to me, I can't date for too long because that's sinful, so we better just get married. Yep. And then what? A few months later, you're like, "Uh oh, this was a bad this idea. This was a bad idea. We don't mesh we at all. Are literally still children. Yeah. And now we're married. Yeah. Um. So it, it's it's horrible. So please, true love dates. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. And it's like, and there's nothing wrong about getting married young. But please know, it is not for everybody. Yeah. I was twenty. I was twenty two. My wife was twenty. Yeah. Like you know, we have a very healthy marriage now. It, it works. It worked for us too. We you yeah. know we dated for a year and a half though. Yeah, yeah. We were engaged for six months. You know we've been married now for six years. Yeah. So it is possible. I am not at all saying though that is the rule. We are honestly more of the exception than the rule. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, same with same with Valerie and I. You know, Valerie and I. I was I was twenty. Yeah. She was I guess twenty one, and um, yeah, it's it's only it, it's a miracle. Yeah. That that you and I both have successful marriages yeah. because most people get married that young and with the shame built in that purity culture causes that can really tear marriage apart. Right. When you're when you're processing that and you're still that yeah. young, like a lot of us aren't equipped to process that, and and then we wonder, you know, why yeah why people are unhappy. It, Gosh, but we we need a part two. Anyways, we're definitely gonna have a part two yeah. on this to get into like the marriage side of things, you know all of that to be unpacked because that's a huge part of this as well yes and we need your comments to help with part two please yes because let us know where this conversation should go from here yes so as always thank you guys so much for tuning into the all things reconsidered podcast please subscribe to the channel ring the notification bell so you get you know notifications for whenever we upload yes um like comment share on your social media and uh thank become you guys a patron. so much patron. Yeah, become a patron yes patreon.com slash all things reconsidered if you'd like to support us in any way if you like what we're doing if you want to see us eventually be able to afford a real studio space instead of using this random office of yep. mine 
let us let, or at least cameras yeah that'd be that nice too our phones yeah so please support us if, if this has meant anything to you and we really appreciate it yeah so thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you guys next week see you guys